Welcome to Pep Talk and Pickleball, the podcast that's here to uplift and empower midlife women on their journey towards a healthier, happier, and more confident second half of life. I'm your host, Jill Lewis, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this exciting adventure. If you are a midlife woman looking for that extra boost of positivity and guidance as you navigate the world of health, nutrition, fitness, and the unique experiences of the emptiness phase, you're in the right place. This podcast is your dedicated source for uplifting pep talks that will reignite your spark and help you embrace the incredible opportunities that life's second act has to offer. And here's the twist. I'm not just here for life advice. I'm also about having a blast on the court. If you're like me and have fallen head over heels for the sport of pickleball, you're going to love how I weave my passion for the game into almost every episode. From strategies to stories, I'll keep the pickleball love alive. Sometimes it's just you and me diving into insightful discussions on topics that matter the most to you. Other times we're joined by amazing guests experts, enthusiasts, and thought leaders who share their wisdom, experiences, and strategies to help you supercharge this chapter of your life. Now let's grab our paddles, embrace the journey, and let the pep talks roll. Well, I am here today with one of my great friends, Rob Landis. He is the owner of Good Life Nutrition in Marion, Illinois. Rob, this is uh, your second time now on the podcast, so welcome back. Yeah, I'm an old pro at this with you now, Jill. I like it. We've done a lot of video series for my clients. Um, Maybe you've seen him in the past on my social media page, but Rob really is just such a guru when it comes to all things health and wellness and um, everything in that space. Honestly, I've asked Rob for help from everything on how to heal my aching back to (laughs) what type of supplements I need. Do we talk about everything that is happening really in the health and wellness space. So it's really fun um, to share these conversations um, with you, the listener. So Rob, I'm just, you know, in case someone hasn't heard the other podcast we did together, can you give a little bit of background on yourself? Would you mind to do that? Yeah. So by training, Jill, I'm a physical therapist and I did that for 25 years and, you know, really enjoyed that, but I always liked nutrition. And so when I was in high school, I read a book by Robert Haas called Eat to Win. And now a lot of the stuff that he talked about in there actually has been disproven, but it got me started on this whole, man, matter of fact, a friend of mine just gave me that book. I have an original copy from the eighties of that book that kind of got me all started. So um, I am a lay nutritionist, basically. I don't have any formal training, but I love health, nutrition, and wellness. Um, I've raced bicycles in the past. So um, that's something that I'm actually going to start again this year, Jill. So after a 10 year, um, hiatus, my body is healthy and fit enough that I'm going to start doing that again. So, um, that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. And he's also a husband and a father and just a great community guy. Everybody in our local community, uh, just has wonderful things to say about you, Rob. So we are honored that you're spending your time with us today. Okay. So Rob, tell us like. What's that? I'm an empty nester as like yourself, which I know is a lot of the people that we're talking to right now. So <laughs> yes, for sure. We have people with kids in the house too, but high empty nesters as well. That's right. What was <laughs> uh, just before we get going on, like what you've been up to lately, just curious, how was that? Uh, Cause it's been a while since you've had, um, when, when was your last one to move out? It's probably been what, at least five to 10 years ago, right? Um, yeah, Peyton's been out for seven years now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we, how is that? It. Was that a fun transition or was it just kind of feels weird or you guys like, this is awesome? Oh, you know what? I mean, you know, this with life is that your attitude towards it's what's most important. Of course, I miss my children in the house intensely, but I've also enjoyed the freedom that it's given me to, you know, pursue some other interests and hobbies. And um, so I, I, I've enjoyed it. You know, now you ask my wife, she might be a little different. You know, I think she would probably vote to have them living all three with us again. But um, or in this case, now we got, you know, our first grandbaby. But um, yeah, I'm enjoying this part of my life. That's awesome. I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I miss them all so much. And if I see that one of them is calling me, I will drop everything and go run to answer that phone call. And I love hearing from them. And um but I, I do love the freedom 
to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> and especially in the evening time, I'm really enjoying having yeah. that freedom of not being so scheduled to their hobbies and their activities, but exploring what, you know, what mine are. So that's, that's been kind of fun. All right. Well, tell us, so what have you been up to? So What's cool, going yeah. on with you? Like, I know you're always reading up on new things and looking at studies and um, you're just so versed in the nutrition space, the wellness space. So what's been like the latest thing to catch your eye? So Jill, um, I recently read a book by Peter Atia. Now, some people might not be familiar with Peter Atia, but he is very similar in his approach, his scientific approach to health and wellness as Andrew Huberman. And so I read his book and it was probably four or 500 pages. I don't know, but it was called Outlive. And there was a couple things that struck me in there, Jill. Number one, Atiyah said that he thinks you should reverse engineer your life. What do you want to be able to do when you're 75 or 80? What are you going to do now? It's kind of targeted to our age group of individuals, you know, maybe in their 40s and 50s. Because as we know, Jill, each year we lose a little bit of strength and a little bit of muscle mass and tend to gain a little bit of fat. And so if we project out 20 years from now, when we want to be able to lift our grandkids, get up and down off the floor, climb up the steps, go to the beach with our family, what do we need to be doing now to be able to do that? And I love that that's one of the things that you work about so diligently with your clients. I mean, it's functional fitness that will allow us to do things, you know, decades from now. So that was one of the things I thought was really interesting that he he built a whole book around, basically, is it was a philosophy and creating a system, not just this is how you get healthy, but what do you want to be healthy for in 30 years? Right, absolutely, because everybody's got different goals, different ideas of what health means to them and, and you know, livelihood and all that. So that's interesting. I'll put in the show notes, by the way, everybody, what... Um, you know, who this author is and what the book is. So we'll make sure we have that for you. Was there anything else in that book that caught your eye or that? Yes. So Joe, I'm going to, no matter what chronic disease you look at, exercise reduces the mortality from that disease, whether it's cancer, whether it's diabetes, uh, whether it's um, Alzheimer's, if an individual exercises, you can reduce the effects of that disease on the body. It just tells us again how imperative it is that we move these incredible machines that we live in vigorously on a regular basis. And I mean, we know that, but it's important that we kind of move it to the front of our brains again. It's so important to move and to exercise and to breathe hard because Atiyah talks about this, is that we lose VO2 max, which is our maximal aerobic ability as we age. Kind of, it, it creeps down each year. So what you're doing now when you're doing those HIIT workouts that I see on your on Randy, you and your, Randy's chalkboard <laughs> or whiteboard is that you're you're keeping your VO2 max at a higher level. And that will also decline at a slower rate when you exercise intensely as you do. So those people who are sedentary not only lose um, each year, they lose more than somebody who's intensely exercising. So that was a really interesting one that he talked about in here. And just to piggyback on that, I read a book by um, Dr. Perlmutter. He wrote Brain Brain years ago. Have you heard of that one? Yes, I have heard of that. Yes. He, um, he wrote one recently called um, Brain Wash. And I'll quote from it. This is on page 146. It says, the simple act of moving your body will do more for your brain than any crossword puzzle, math equation, or mystery book. You know, what do you think, Rob, it is that, because you and I exercise and it makes us feel really good. It's just a part of our life. And I mean, I'm sure you probably feel the same way when I don't, if, if there's something going on where I can't get movement in my mood, I just, I can feel the change in my mood and what type of person um, that I am that day. It just affects me so much. And oh. I don't know um, how to convey better how that there, that shift can happen for people. And I don't, maybe they, do you think they just don't realize that they do feel so bad? Um, that that's just their normal and they don't even realize how bad that feels. I, I think you're probably onto something there, Jill, because think about this as we were young and we were more vigorous. We did those things and we slowly dropped those habits, those activities. And we didn't realize that those things were going away. And I told you earlier that I'm going to start racing bicycles again because my body is feeling to the 
uh, you know, healthy enough that I can do those vigorous activities. And I can't tell you now that I've begun even more intense activity, how much more alert I am. And I think alert, I feel stronger. I am um, interacting better. My emotions are more stable. All those things that exercise can do because of its neurochemical benefits, as far as neurotransmitters, the hormetic effect and all the hormones that get affected by exercise. And, you know, the encouragement I have for people that are having a challenge with that is that if you will discipline yourself to take that first step, and I think you did a little um, piece on this the other day, you were you were dancing in a, in a video and it was really clever because you said, basically you said, you know what you need to, as far as exercise to start. Yeah. The day one or one day, what's it going to be? Like, are you one day going to exercise or is today going to be the day? Because you and I know this, if we, if we don't feel like exercising, how many times have you like, I don't feel like exercising. If you don't, you regret it. But how many times have you went ahead and did it and you never regret it when you do Ever. it? Mm -hmm. So um, that's my encouragement to people is like, think about that. If you take that discipline to just do it a little bit, things are going to change. You are going to feel better and you're going to want to do it and you won't regret doing it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, you can't get, um, for those of you out there listening that maybe if you're not exercising, you know, it can't be, don't overthink it. It could be as simple as just getting out and walking for 15 minutes. Hello. Um, I always say, you know, something is always better than nothing. So don't think in your mind, like, oh, I have to, I'm going to wait until this time because then I can join that class or then I can do this. I mean, it, it really is just as simple as getting out and walking uh, maybe after your last meal of the day or at your lunch break or something. And you could even, if you walked 30 minutes a day and you break it up into two 15 minute walks, it's very doable for most people. And it's just getting active. And and then what's interesting, I think, is when you start doing little things like that, then that your body, you're going to notice your body's going to start to crave that more. Even just those little walking increments uh, makes a big difference. Oh, it's incredible. You know, you just, you just summarized basically what the book Atomic Habits talked about. Oh yeah. I love that book. Right. Is, is the things that you want to do, make it where they're right in front of you and they're easy to do. And so that's why it's so great to walk. You have shoes, you can put them on and walk out your, your door. You know, don't overcomplicate it. Obviously there's things we can do that require equipment and a membership, but don't, yeah, get started. So Rob, what, what do you have going on this with the weather changing? Um, do you do anything different when it comes to your habits um, or your, any kind of lifestyle things that are different between warm weather, weather getting cooler? Yep. Yeah, um, for sure, Jill. Um, during when the sun's shining, you know, and even now when it's when it's nice outside, I expose my body to sunshine on all of my skin for about 20 minutes a day. And I feel better when I do that. And obviously, one of the benefits of that is, you know, the vitamin D3 production that the UVB rays of the sun produce. And so this time of the year, I actually do start supplementing with vitamin D3 with a meal because it's a fat soluble vitamin. So I use between 2,000 and 5,000 a day. You might want to talk to your healthcare provider about the level that they think that would be wise. But Joe, we know that D3 is important to prevent seasonal affective disorder. And I know you get to fly south, but some of us are still up here in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. So vitamin D3 status can really help you keep away the winter blues. Not to mention it's really important for immune system production or immune system function. So you know, that's I think I've read even, and as you age, is that right that you don't get as much vitamin D naturally? Um, I think I read that somewhere that your production even drops the lower you get. I mean, the older you I'm get. Not I mean, as far as when you get ex exposed to the UVB rays, mm -hmm, that you don't convert it like you used to. I think the older you get, I'll have to double check on that. But I just think everyone at every age, um, you know, especially adults, I mean, a lot of times, I don't know about kids. Is there any studies on children in vitamin D3? that you know of? Well, yes, there are. Um, I know that in school-age children, inadequate vitamin D3 status predisposes kids to increase colds and flus and increased days of sickness. So we know that supplementation with D3 or eating vitamin D-rich foods in kids helps them to not miss so much school from illness. So yes. What, it is. Remind us, Rob, what are the foods for that can naturally supply you with some vitamin D? The, the big ones, Jill, are going to be nuts and seeds and then 
organ meats, which, you know, mm -hmm. probably aren't going to be real happy about eating liver, but those are the big ones that are, that are, you know, going to have some vitamin D and then um, cold water fish is actually a good way to get that. And you'll probably remember back in the day, you know, the cod liver oil, cod liver oil was actually really high in, um, in vitamin D as well. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I take vitamin D and I, I still take it year round. Um, I, I do increase it you know, in the winter, but now that, or I used to, de you know, increase it in the winter, but I always took a little bit every day because even if living in Illinois in the summer, now, unless I was out on the lake all day in a bathing suit, maybe I wouldn't, but even when I'm playing pickleball, I mean, I'm still wearing a shirt shorts, you know, yeah. um, I have a hat on. So yeah. even though like my, my limbs are getting exposed to the sun, I don't know that still being in the Midwest that I'm getting that enough of that vitamin D through the sun, um, that I need. So I've always supplemented pretty much. My baseline is like the 2000 and then I'll go up if it's the colder weather, I'm not getting out in the sun, um, that sort yeah. of thing. And your listeners, um, their, your doctor will, um, do a blood test. It's called a 25 hydroxyl D and they'll check your levels. And most functional medicine practitioners like that level to be between 40 and 60, some a little bit higher. Most conventional doctors won't get concerned if it's 30 or above, but um, it seems to have some more protective benefit when you're in that higher ranges. Okay. So that's a request next time you go to the doctor. And, yeah. yeah, for sure. Ask your doctor. And then Jill, I, am, I invested in an infrared sauna years ago, and it was a phenomenal investment. And I have it in my basement. This time of the year, like I just got in this morning, it is wonderful. There are so many benefits to an infrared sauna. Do you do a little bit of sauna yourself? No, I don't have anywhere around me now that I'm thinking about it. Even down in Florida, I don't have access to one. Okay. So for people in Southern Illinois, um, I know Quest Fitness Center has one. And um, Todd Bond, DPT, he's a physical therapist, owns a um, cryo. Well, you've done the cryotherapy with him. He also mm -hmm. now has um, the infrared sauna along with that. And he does that out of Crab Orchard. Um, out of actually out of his uh, garage, but it's a commercial operation, and and that's some ways to do that around oh, here. Cool. But there are so many benefits to sauna. So um, number one, help can help decrease blood pressure, um, reduce the incidence of depression, decrease the risk for cognitive decline. The one that everybody knows about detoxification, right? I mean, you sweat out not just minerals, but you also sweat out some of the heavy metals and all that might have accumulated in your body. Um, it's, it's incredibly relaxing. It improves your immune system function. Um, and Jill, I mean, a hot enough sauna is, act, sauna is actually kind of like exercise. Your heart rate will raise, your blood vessels will dilate. So it can be really helpful for just for actually for fitness as well. How long do you stay in there? Yeah. So the suggestion it depends on which studies you look at, but it's around 30 minutes up to 45 minutes, two to four times a week. Um, the temperature now, Jill, there's a little difference. Have you ever done the saunas where you throw water on the rock? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rocks, the 170, 180 degrees sometimes. And um, an, an infrared actually uses infrared light, as it sounds like, that penetrates the skin slightly and produces the heat in your body. I mean, the, it actually gets warm in the sauna, but only about 150 degrees. But um, the sweat it produces is incredible. Um, and so I use it for 30 to 45 minutes um, two to three times a week on average. And then for those who are doing it for exercise performance, there's actually some research that shows it increases EPO. That's what Lance Armstrong got in trouble for taking exogenously. But um, it increases your body's production of, of EPO. So you have more red blood cells and it makes these things called heat shock proteins. And they're basically um, proteins that help with immune system function and repair of, of uh, different uh, things that are going in your body that, that, maybe need to be a little healthier. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I'm it's, always hearing cool things about that between that and the cold plunge. Um, I knew you were going there. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you have experimented with cold plunge? You have? No, I said, I have, oh my gosh, I, I do everything to avoid the cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, think about it for thousands of years, people wanted hot water and now we've made this thing where, you know, when they took a shower or, or a bath, and now we have it and people are like, I got to pay $5,000 to have a cold plunge. So, I mean, they're not that you can buy, do it, you know, for a couple hundred dollars with just a tub and a bunch of ice. But um, 
Yeah, it's really interesting. But um, do you do the cold showers? I have tried that once or twice and that is it. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm such a baby about the cold. Like the sauna it's, sounds amazing. The cold sounds, oh my gosh. It's pretty brutal. But, you know, the great thing about the cold is, Jill, it um, increases obviously your your mental capacity to handle suffering. I mean, obviously, because that's why you avoid it, because it doesn't feel good, you know, but it also increases the brown fat in your body. Little babies have a lot of brown fat. It's a metabolically active fat. So, you know, the white fat that we get as adults is just, it just it's just a storage place. Brown fat that we had when we were younger and can get more of is increases in density when you're exposed to cold. Hmm. Ice or cold therapy, just like heat therapy, also decreases the risk for anxiety and depression. Helps to increase the vagal nerve tone, which is just a fancy word of saying your your rest and relax mode. So there's all, and obviously inflammation, decrease in soreness, improvement of recovery. There's there's a lot of legitimate science about cold therapy, um, but yeah, it's it's I challenging. Mean, everything that I have read, I'm like that sounds amazing. The benefits sound amazing, you know. But I also have that um, Raynaud syndrome. Have you heard of that? Oh, yes. Done that, um, the cold chamber, you know, did that one time, but you have on gloves and big booty things for your extremities. And that, I think I stayed in there for a minute or two. Um, but, and I remember the energy I felt afterwards, I could have like carried my car home at that time. Todd's place was in Carterville. And I swear I left there driving home just like, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> I thought, my gosh, I could have picked up my car and ran it home. That's how like energized I felt yeah. afterward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That dopamine rush is so strong. I was literally euphoric after I did the cry. Now I'm not quite as euphoric when I do the cold water plunges, but the cryotherapy that Todd Mon has at peak was—I I couldn't tell you how the, strong that experience was. I mean, right? I mean, it's kind of crazy because yeah. I, but I did leave there with the most incredible energy, and I thought, wow, that is—that's quite something. Um, but yeah, I have heard all of those wonderful benefits, and I'm just not quite there yet. <laughs> okay, I'll let you know when I get one. Try it with me. Um, <laughs> Hey, so Joe, yeah. the other thing I've been experimenting with, you know, I've been, I've been doing some three and four hour bicycle rides. And so you've heard of exogenous ketones, exogenous outside the body is all that means. That means mm -hmm. you consume. So most people are familiar now with the ketogenic diet. When you eat a very low carbohydrate diet with lots of fat and your body begins to make ketones. Well, they also can create those in a lab where you get the benefits of ketosis without having to eat low carb and high fat. And so I've been exploring those and I can tell you that I'm experiencing several benefits from them. Number one, on an empty stomach, when I exercise in a fasted state, I have the mental sharpness that I would if I was eating during the ride. And so I noticed that. Number two is I notice, and this, this might be helpful for your pickleball people in the morning, if mm -hmm. they don't feel like eating breakfast they, and they don't want to just drink a coffee. These ketones may help them to exercise at a higher level, to feel better while they're doing it because it's a fuel source for them outside of carbohydrates. And it will help them recover and be ready to go again that afternoon or the next day or what have you. There's some evidence that it improves recovery as well. So this is something that you take in the morning and then you do your three hour bike ride and you're not feeling like you're dragging, you're not feeling tired and yeah i mean there's some nuances obviously to this mm -hmm. jill but one of the that i'll i'll use ketones throughout the ride and i don't do three hours every day so right. please people don't think that i'm in my bike three hours every day and even if you do a two-hour pickleball session they could be helpful because they are an alternative fuel source that your brain really likes but your muscles will also use and so yeah i can do a three-hour ride now with about 300 calories of mm -hmm. carbohydrates like maybe a couple of bananas and a gel in the past, I would have taken about five to 600 calories to do that same ride. And I feel better and more recovered more quickly when I do that. And then I've also explored taking some before bed. And it seems that I am more recovered in the morning. I guess the, you know, because I don't want to eat any carbohydrates before sleep. Mm -hmm. I do suggest that occasionally people, but the ketones are, they're not going to increase my insulin at all. So I don't have to worry about adding to body fat. 
but it's a fuel for the brain and the muscles. And it seems like I'm more recovered in the morning. And I have really cool dreams too, by the way. This is like in a pill form. I'm glad you asked that. There's there's three different kinds of, of ketones. One are called esters. That's literally just a ketone body. One are called ketone salts. That means it's a, it's a ketone attached to a salt. So think salt like sodium, calcium, or magnesium. And then this new one, it's the one that you probably are going to see the most on podcast and YouTube. It's called um, HBMN, Ketone IQ. It's actually not a ketone itself. It's a, it's a precursor that you drink, and then it goes into your liver and turns into ketones. So there's three different ways. Um, I'm using esters. They don't taste that great, and some people aren't going to like them. But the salts are also an easy way that you can get that. But you got to be wise if you have high blood pressure. You don't want to get excess sodium. Mm-hmm. Um, and then HBMN um, does seem to have some evidence too um, that it it turns into ketones in your liver pretty rapidly, and all those will raise um, the ketone levels in your body. And so, is this something you can do fasted and remain in a fasted state? Yes, there is. That, that's the nice thing, Joe, is there's no um, insulin response when you take these these exogenous ketones, so you can have a fuel source stay in fat burning mode, but still like exercise fairly intensely. Interesting. So, I have so many um, clients that want to do intermittent fasting, but they work. And so they, so their only time of the day is to exercise, you know, maybe like at five or six in the morning, <clears throat> and yep. then they're going to, you know, and they want to wait until maybe 10 AM before they're eating, you know, something. And that's always, that's always a tricky thing on, um, you know, my clients are always making sure they're getting enough protein in their feeding window. They're eating quite a bit of protein actually, but you know, just that feeling of like, I need some food, um, to get something in you. So that might be a good option for them to look into. I think you're on to something there, Jill. And I think that they would notice the ability to exercise intensely is higher and they would not feel the fatigue afterward that you might feel in a fasted state for some people. So yeah, you, they might want to explore that a little bit more closely. And Rob, be is that benefit. something that you carry in your store? I do have the ketone salts. I haven't carried the ketone esters yet. They're awful expensive, mm-hmm. and I wanted to sell first. But yes, I am going. I'm I'm going to carry those. And then, now Jill, some people use the brain octane oil, their MCT oil, in their coffee. Mm-hmm. It gets converted into ketones as well, just not as quickly and as much. And you don't have the, in the digestive issues that some people have with the MCT oil is, is, you know, a, a cause them not to want to take those. But right. yeah, I do have those get those. I mean, they're really common on the internet. Now you're going to see okay. a lot of that, but yes, we have those. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Rob, well, that is, I mean, gosh, we've already learned a ton. What else, what else you got for us today? Well, Jill, I've come across two studies recently that really excited me. And I, and I do mean this, that excited me. So you advocate for high intensity exercise, high intensity intervals, right? I mean, I've seen that on your your whiteboard that you and Randy mm-hmm. do. So cool. Um, did you know that there is now some research that after six months of high intensity interval training, that you actually have a reduction in atherosclerotic plaque? So that's a fancy word of saying those the the sludge in your arteries, the you know that the the stuff that closes down your arteries. High intensity intervals actually reverse that slightly. And so after six months, I mean, so Jill, a lot of people think, oh, I have heart disease. There's nothing I can do. Well, we actually have published in the European Journal of Cardiology in 2023 evidence now that what you are doing is actually reversing if you have atherosclerotic plaque in your arteries right now. It can reverse that somewhat. That is incredible. I cannot wait to share that with Randy, (laughs) my husband, because So Rob keeps referring to my whiteboard. This is something that back in uh, the end of August. So my husband, he has worked out in the past routinely, but it was always when he had a personal trainer or he had a buddy to meet at the gym or whatever. And then after, uh, you know, just sometimes you just kind of fall out of it. I'm sure a lot of you listening can relate to that where you just kind of get out of that mode of exercise. And I think it is hard, you know, once you've gotten out of that routine and that habit to get back into it. 
So for him, you know, he might go one day a week and work out, or maybe he would go three days, but there was really no programming to it. And maybe he would have a week or two without doing it at all. And he kept saying like, I want to do this and I know the benefits of it. You know, I know it's good for me. I know I need to do it, but I just got to get myself and, you know, figure this out. And so he came up with, he came up with a solution and it was pretty, it's so simple that it's, we kind of laugh about it now, but he has this, I have this big whiteboard um, that I would kind of write out my workouts on and I made it into a calendar for him and, and had the workouts that we do. We do the faster way workouts and two of those days, two days a week, we do a hit style workout. Three days are strength workouts and it's all at home, you know, with dumbbells and a bench and stuff. It's a simple check mark, you know, has both our names on the block and and a check mark. And I'm not kidding you. We are now into October and he has not missed a day five days a week, every day he has. And it's just something clicked for him. It's like, he likes seeing that, that check mark. And isn't that crazy? I mean, do, you never know what is going to motivate somebody or to hold them accountable. Um, but it could be something as easy as that. Like if you and your spouse, you just write it out on the calendar, put it on your refrigerator or somewhere that's visible. And it's like, yep, got it done. And now because he's done it now for almost six weeks, well, I guess it is about six weeks. This is such a habit and he's naturally waking up earlier. He's naturally going to bed just a little bit earlier. He's just has more energy in general, but now I get to tell him this benefit of heart disease and like, not that he has heart disease that we know of, but he does have elevated cholesterol. And I mean, it just in general, how wonderful is that news? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's the number one killer of men in the United States, Joe. So, I mean, of all the things that we are concerned with, this is one of them that we should really be paying attention to. And so, yeah, I love that, that, you know, you've got this little accountability system and find that for us. I mean, what is it that, what is it that keeps you motivated and knowing? And is this an investment we make that keeps on paying for our whole life? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I always say, you know, for women that are listening, which is, you know, my audience is, um, I'm sure listening probably 90%, at least, you know, females, And I always tell them, I'm like, you don't realize um, just for yourself, obviously, you know, the benefits they're there and they're wonderful, but I I don't think women realize what influencers they are in their circle of the people that they affect with their daily habits and whatever. So if a mom, for example, would start exercising and treating her body better, eating more whole food, nutrition, things like that, but that it's great for her, but what happens is then that it changes her kids' lives. If she still has kids at home, it's going to ultimately change, um, hopefully her spouse's kind of the way of looking at things and just noticing that might change their habits as well. Then her coworkers, her friend group, her mother, her sister, her nieces, her whatever. I just think the ripple effect of when you decide to live your life healthier, um, it does affect everybody around you. They notice people notice that. And, um, because our society is so, I hate to say it, but that it is so sick and it is so full of processed stuff. And what we, what everyone considers like a normal American diet shouldn't be normal. It is just, you know, it's just saturated with stuff that's not good for us. So what we now consider a quote, healthy diet, that should be the norm, <laughs> but it's not. So when you do start to eat healthy whole foods, and when I say whole foods, you know, like vegetables, fruits, meats, um, some grains, you know, things like that, and not the things that are processed in a, a manufacturing plant. When you eat that way, and when you start to move your body, people notice, and it just has a positive effect on everybody. You may catch, get a little resistance from it, you know, but ultimately the people are going to see the amazing changes in you. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Joe, 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm all on board with you. I mean, Jill, just to give you an example is that you've influenced me strongly in the use of certain oils. I was previously using um, organic canola oil a lot of time when I cooked. You and I talked one time, and you talked about using avocado oil. And I started looking into canola oils really high in linoleic acid, which is really inflammatory versus what you encouraged me to use. And so that's just an example, one example of like your positive lifestyle that you've implemented that rubbed off on me. And I live in this industry and I've changed. Uh I mean, I don't, that stuff's not my, I threw it away. 
after you and I talked. That was years ago. Yeah, but, um, that's yeah, I still do that. I still only, you know, I cook with avocado oil now primarily, mm-hmm. you know, when it's a higher. T- so, yes, absolutely. We can we can influence each other and those around us in a positive way and be part of the change for this great country we live in. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Rob, thank you so much. I love talking to you. I love hearing all of your wisdom and just and just appreciate how much you care about everybody that walks into your store and that uh, you come in contact with. And um, so if you're in Southern Illinois, for sure, go visit Rob and the girls that work in the store. They are diagonally across the parking lot from Rural King and Marion. It's right on Route 13. Can't miss it. And I mean, honestly, Rob could get, he needs a superstore is what he needs because he's got so much stuff in there. <laughs> But yeah, definitely go visit him. And if you don't live in Southern Illinois, they will ship items to you. So if you're curious, I'll put his uh, store info in the show notes um, and you can call them up. And if you have any questions, I'm sure they'd be glad to help you out. Thank you so much, Jill. I always enjoy speaking with you. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Friends, I want you to trust the science and not diets. Your dieting days are over because my next round of The Faster Way is open for registration. At The Faster Way, my clients combine science-backed nutrition with guided 30-minute workouts. You'll get training by yours truly and whole food-based meal plans. You're going to enjoy having all the options and more. By incorporating sustainable strategies that promote long-term success instead of those quick fixes, you reap the rewards in the form of disease and illness prevention, increased energy levels, and improved longevity, and out-of-this-world fat loss, of course. Diets simply cannot do all of that. If you're ready to join or you just want to learn more about my six-week introductory program, then click on the link in today's show notes to get you started. It is time to talk pickleball. It has been way too long. So let's get into it. So much to update you on. First of all, the biggest news is I played in my first tournament ever. It was pretty exciting, though I was disappointed that we did not place. (laughs) I'm so competitive. Okay, I played in 3.5 level, and this was a local tournament that our park district in Marion, Illinois put on. They did an incredible job. It was so well run. I was so proud of the people that were in charge of that because basically they're not pickleball players really. And man, they kept that thing running smooth. Now our pickleball courts are not the best. And the reason I say that is because they've got a lot of cracks in them. They've tried to repair them one time, but they, they still have some cracks and dead spots and I don't know, just some unevenness, that that is going to be an issue I think that just is going to plague them. Because, you know, when you live in the Midwest and you've got freezing temperatures in the winter and then extreme heat in the summer, it does a number on your, on the ground, you know, softening and then hardening and then the heat and whatever. So it's an issue for sure. Um, Even over at SIU, Southern Illinois University, they have a um, some cracking in some of their courts. But in general, this tournament I thought was great. Um, So I played in the 3.5 women's bracket and my partner Michelle has played in a lot of tournaments. And so we at the last minute decided to play in this together. And I'm so glad that she played with me. She was a great person to uh, draw upon her experience and, and made me feel very at ease. I honestly did not feel nervous. I was thinking, oh my gosh, my stomach's going to be a knots. I'm going to be a disaster, but really felt pretty good. That is until <laughs> my very first serve just totally shanked it. And then I went, hmm, well, maybe I am nervous. <laughs> After that, I calmed down and everything I thought was good. I mean, I felt like I played, I played pretty well. Um, a lot of the things I did Um, I didn't have as much strategy as I probably normally would. So that's probably a sign of nerves, but overall great first experience with the exception that we did not get a medal. So let's, I'm going to dive into like how this went. So we, it started at 8am. Now my husband and I got back from Germany. We were on a week long trip to Berlin. It was amazing. Loved it. We got back on a Thursday evening and this tournament was on a Saturday morning. So not ideal with 
regards to jet lag and I hadn't played in 10 days, but it's fine, you know, no big deal. So we um, get out there about 7.30 and it was really cold when we started warming up. I have Raynaud syndrome where my, my extremities, my fingers and my toes, once they get cold, I mean, I am kind of a miserable person. Um, they almost go numb and that definitely was happening with my toes when I first got there, but it quickly warmed up. Thank goodness. And we, um, were off to the races, you know, we played six games and we had one by where you sit out. And so our first game was a very easy win. We played since we didn't have enough people sign up for the 3.0 level one, there was one team that did. So they got bumped up to the 3.5. So they were, were really sweet. Um, it was a great first game for me to play in to kind of calm the nerves, but, um, yeah, I think they had a rough tournament just because they were having to play um, a level up. But anyway, so that was a pretty easy win. I was happy to get that one over with. And then the, like I said, that first serve of mine was just hilarious. And then the second um, game we had was also an easy win, a little bit faster paced, but one of the girls was a strong player. One wasn't quite as strong. And um, so that it's funny because like during rec play, I hate just targeting a weaker player. I do try to move the ball around in a tournament. I mean, your goal is to win. And so I definitely, you know, you're going to target the weaker player. Um, the third game was actually a, a, a great win for Michelle and I. We beat the team that actually won the whole thing. So I'll explain that later, how that works out. But we did win pretty handedly. I think we won 11 to 5. And we felt really good about that. Then we had a bye. That means you sit out. Well, that combined with the wind really did pick up. And, you know, we had been sitting out. And then we get back on the court and we just pooped the bed is all I can say. It was not good. We ended up losing 12 to 10. We were down, I think, to 8 to 2 at one point. But we battled back. And we even tied it up at 10 and just stupid... I don't know. I really don't know what to say. This is the loss that Michelle and I are like scratching our heads going, what the heck just happened to us there? Because we should have won. Um, the other team is good. They're like just returning machines. And one of those players is a, is a friend of mine and, and she played great. I, I've never met her partner before. Um, she, they were just solid, you know, and um, Michelle and I just beat ourselves. So that was really, that was painful for us. Fifth game, we won pretty easily. Um, we thought we had it really in the bag, and the other team actually kind of was trying to battle back because we were playing against another some other friends of ours, and one of them has just an incredible serve that was just, oh my gosh, it was eating us up. But anyway, we won that game. And then our sixth and final game, we lost 11-9 to nine to the girls that are other, they're also friends of ours, and they got second place. And that was a great game. Honestly, that was a, a great game. We were down by quite a bit, battled back, and then um, I think I had the losing shot, which was a bummer. But anyway, overall, we had um, five out of the six games felt really good about. That one game I said that um, one of our two losses was just, I, we just didn't play well. So all that to be said, we ended up getting fourth place. So the team, how it goes is because we had two losses the other team that had two losses, uh, the team that beat us 12 to 10, they also had two losses, but because they beat us head to head, so they got third. And then the other two teams, you know, even though we beat the team that got first place, they only lost one game. And then the girls we lost to in our last game, they only lost one game. And then those two, so since those were the only two teams that only had one loss, they got first or second. And then of, out of those, um, the team that beat the second place team one. So hope that made sense. But anyway, that's how that goes. And definitely learned a lot. Would I play in another tournament? Uh, yes, I absolutely would. And I hope that next year I get just better at looking at the schedule and figuring all that out. So I love, 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 obviously playing pickleball and doing it in a more competitive um, environment. I find it to be very fun, kind of just gets the juices flowing. You're like, man, not, you I don't know. When you're competing, I just feel like you are so, you've never been more alive than when you are competing and you are so in the moment. Um, and I really like that a lot too. So it's kind of fun. I don't know. It just, it definitely scratched an itch that I think 
competing as you or as an adult in amateur sports is really fun and just another outlet in life that is exciting. You know, my husband's played in golf tournaments his whole adult life. He's an amateur player and he's he I mean, he's still good. He used to be just he was like a scratch golfer and played in local and state tournaments and just all around the region and and he obviously was obsessed with it and he loved it and I can see why because it is you're just so locked in and it's just a fun break from life. So even though I didn't I feel like for my first tournament I did well, but I really want a medal now. So <laughs> and interesting because 3.5 is definitely, I think, where I fit into play. I'm not the best 3.5 player. I'm not the worst, but I think that's right where I should be. I've never had my ratings done. Like I think it's your duper score, D-U-P-R. That's kind of the universal scoring system to see what type of, what level of player you are. And even though I've not had that done, that's where I feel very comfortable. For me to play in a 3.0 level would be wrong. You know, I can just tell with the 3.0 players that I play against. And definitely, I'm 100% people sandbag in tournaments. I didn't notice it in this tournament, but definitely there are people that will play down. We call that sandbagging. (laughs) So I definitely think that uh, I'm right where I need to be, like smack in the middle of that 3.5. Overall, great experience. And then afterwards, we had fun. We grabbed some food and we came back and then we watched the men's doubles. They were playing and I stayed around for an hour, hour and a half and watched them play. And that was really fun to kind of cheer on some of the people that I play with, some of the guys I play with in rec league. Then the next day they had mixed doubles and I was unable to go out and watch any of that. And I don't have a partner for mixed doubles. So um, anyway, Overall, great experience, would totally do it again and look forward to it. And really my only experience in competitive play was, if you've listened to my podcast, you heard me last winter, I played in a ladder, a couple of ladder leagues down in Florida and same kind of vibe. Um, I do get much more serious. I mean, I am cheering on my partner and I feel very positive. I'm being very positive with my partner, but I'm very serious when I'm playing. I can't if I start talking and joking around, I don't play near as well. So it's just kind of fun for me to get pretty laser focused in. And um, yeah, it was a good experience. In other pickleball news for me, I got a new paddle. So this is now my fifth paddle <laughs> that I have played with since starting pickleball in 2020. I started out with a 50 or $60 paddle from Dick's Sporting Goods. I think it's a Monarch And I actually have quite a bit of those because that's what I get when people come to visit or my kids are in town. That's what they play with. And then after that, I upgraded to a paddle tech. Did I? No, 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 no. I upgraded to an engage and I liked it. I didn't love it. That's probably the only paddle I didn't love, love. Then I got a paddle tech. That one I loved and played with for a really long time. Then I upgraded and got a Selkirk. Really liked that one, but it's definitely the sweet spot on it You is much smaller, and you have to be very accurate with that one. It is so powerful. I love serving. This is what I would do. If I could serve with that paddle and then quickly switch, <laughs> that's what I would do. Anyway, now I have upgraded, or I've changed out, and I have a Carbon. I got the Carbon 2X14 with is um, the paddle that I got, and I have not been able to play with it yet because I've just had a crazy week and I'm hoping that I can find someone to play with today actually because I cannot wait to bust this one out. Now my friend Carol is like she walks around her bag is a pickleball store and the wonderful thing about Carol is that she always lets everybody try out all of her different paddles so she's been so gracious and has let me play with her carbon paddle. It's a the 16 though so it's been a little bit thicker of a paddle. So now I'm going back to the the thinner paddle and it'll be interesting to see because I've been playing with that one. Gosh, she probably gave that to me six, at least six weeks ago. Of course, when I ordered my paddle, it was on back order. So it's okay. Got it now. And um, I don't know. There's something about getting a new paddle that's so fun. So have I spent money on this? Yes, I have. But you know what? 
totally worth it. This is like a big, obviously, passion of mine and could be worse things in life to spend your money on. And then these extra paddles that I have, you know, that way my kids, um, when they come to town, they've got a little bit better of a paddle to play with. So there you go. That's how I justify it anyway. Now, my husband has not been playing much pickleball at all. So um, we're going to have to get him back into the mix. But the great thing about Randy is that he's just a natural and honestly, you've heard me say it before, he can just come in and, you know, play just as well as I can. And I play all the time. So there you go. Uh, What else is happening in the world of pickleball? Well, I'm getting ready to go down to Florida for the first couple weeks of November. And um, I'm going to be very busy. I got a lot of work things going on. I have a girl's trip coming up, but I'm going to be playing down there. And it's perfect timing because the weather in Illinois is getting ready to turn big time starting this weekend. It is the rain's coming through and then boom, it's going to be getting into the low. Low is going to be in the 20s starting Monday. So, whoa. So I'm getting out of town in the nick of time and going to be playing down there for a couple of weeks. And then I will come back to Illinois from mid-November through mid-December. And then I will be down mid-December through mid-April for the season. So you can expect much more pickleball from me from sunny Florida coming your way. All right. Well, that's it for today's pickleball section. And we will catch up again soon. By the way, going to have some changes coming to the podcast. I'm really excited about. This has kind of just been a one woman show. Let me just tell you, editing a podcast is a lot of work. So my faster way coaching business has, has really been flourishing. That means less time to edit my podcast. So I have finally made the decision to hire an editor for my podcast. (gasps) Cheers and applause. It's very exciting. So that will be taking place in the month of November. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see if we notice any changes, uh, how I sound. And then also on just the editing, I'm sure she's a professional where I'm just kind of you know, learning as I go. But I have to say, I'm very proud of myself for learning the editing software and learning how a podcast gets put together. So kudos to me at the age of 49 that I have learned how to do this. Um, Yeah, but I'm excited. And I'm also going to be bringing my podcast to video. So I will have video on Spotify and YouTube. So you can be looking for that. If you like watching podcasts as well as just listening, you'll have that capability. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give my show a follow. Also, so that more people can find Pep Talk and Pickleball, if you could leave a rating and a review, I would be so grateful. If you would like some more behind the scenes with me, follow me over on TikTok at Jill Lewis Living or on Instagram at Jill B. Lewis.